Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 And dudes, you're absolutely right. Ain't no doubt. You want something, we're going to give you something. Yeah. Well, we're going to take it. We want something, we're going to give you something. Take it. Yeah, yeah, you want. Take Let's go, man, compete. I'll compete them. Why would I be playing a soundbite, a clip from Hard Knocks last summer from the Detroit Lions with two of their coaches kind of giving each other the business on the practice field? One of those coaches is defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn mm-hmm. of the Detroit Lions arguing with one of the offensive coaches, Deuce Staley, and that was one of the entertaining plot lines of Hard Knocks last summer. But Aaron Glenn's name has surfaced as a candidate for the head coaching position of the Arizona Cardinals. Never would have thought in a million years that the Detroit Lions <laughs> would produce a culture that would make some of their assistant coaches desirable. Yeah, and they've done it. Credit to Dan Campbell, both Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, now Aaron Glenn, uh, the defensive coordinator, are on list. Ben Johnson's turned down all opportunities this coaching cycle. But Aaron Glenn, does he do anything for you as a head coaching candidate? Next thing you know, Matthew Stafford's going to say, I need to be traded to a contender like Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Stafford for golf parties. Right, right, exactly. Isn't it weird? A year later, I don't think the Lions would make that trade. No. They would not make that trade. No, Jared Goff was shut up. Jared Jared Goff was way better than Matthew Stafford this year and way better than I've ever seen him even in that Super Bowl year for the for the Rams. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah, that's that's one of those things when when it first happened you're like, "Wow, what a blowout trade for the Rams." And then today you look back and you go, "Huh? Mm, yeah, not so much." <laughs> they got their Super Bowl. So does Aaron Glenn do anything for me? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like you. I remember him from Hard Knocks and I I don't know it no I, I it he doesn't and I, because I don't want somebody without experience I I want somebody who's done the job and he has not done the head coaching no. position just yet he's only got two years of experience uh, as a defensive coordinator and if you look at the Cardinals um, candidates list um, now with Aaron Glenn on it you've got a weird mix of very experienced and very inexperienced. Vance Joseph, he's been interviewed. He's got head coaching experience, mm-hmm. as does Sean Payton, who's not been scheduled. More on the Sean Payton thing in just a second. Uh, Brian Flores, has, um, he has surfaced as a candidate. Head coaching experience, Frank Reich. But the guys on the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Glenn, D'Amico Ryans, and Ajero Ivero, uh, very inexperienced yeah. in terms of defensive coordinators. Yeah, and, and maybe they're just kind of kicking the tires on those guys maybe. To, to glean information. But uh, I'm with you. I think experience matters in this hire for it, Cardinals. It really does. Uh, now more than ever, I think you cannot take a chance on unveiling a guy. Because you can You can imagine it now. You can imagine Michael Bidwell and Monty Osenvord unveiling a guy that no one's ever heard of or no one's... that. Has has zero experience and they're raving about how great he's going to be. Cardinal fans would be rolling their eyes at that point. We we've seen too many swings and misses from Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury. This is not a time for a, a wild swing of the bat. You need to go get somebody with a proven track record. Because listen, let let's not kid ourselves here. While most people in that locker room appreciated and liked Cliff Kingsbury, there wasn't a ton of respect to the level that you need in the NFL. You need to believe your head coach has all the answers. You need to believe your head coach has got a plan that's going to get you to the Super Bowl. 
and it, and it can't be let's just practice better, fellas. You get you all get a break. It, it can't be just that. And, and so I think in the case of, of this, you roll an un, unproven head coach in front of this football team, they're going to be like, okay, what's next around here? I you can't do that. You just can't do that. It would take a lot of golf for the Cardinals to try to trot out in an unproven head coach based on potential. Yeah, and like I said, the Cardinals, the the offensive candidates have identified very experienced. The defensive candidates outside of Vance Joseph, not so much. Uh, Anquan Bolden, former Cardinal, the legend, was on with uh, Wolf and Luke yesterday. He thinks uh, the Cardinals ultimately will go offense again with their head coaching hire. What most teams are doing now, they're, especially when you have a a quarterback that you've just paid, um, who's the face of the franchise. You know, if most organizations, when they have that, they, they usually bring in a, a coach who's quarterback-friendly, usually an offensive guy, um, somebody who they feel like can can take that guy to the next level. Because you hear around the league um, all the time, like that's the most important position in football, right? Um, so I, I believe that's what they will do. Um, it's starting to look that way. And, and if, if you're starting okay. at the top of the list, Sean Payton is that guy. We both have the feeling, you more so than me, Bick, that that is kind of drifting off Man, into I the area of non-possibility. Yeah. Frank Reich is starting to make a lot more sense. I, I wouldn't mind that. Again, it's, I think it, I'm talking about boxes that have to be checked. They did it with the external hire of the GM. Now you've got to get a, a head coach with experience. Uh, Frank Reich uh, played the position. He won a Super Bowl as, an, as a coordinator in Philly. He's done the job. He's been a player. He's been a quarterback. I, I'm okay with Frank Reich. I think Aaron Glenn, as I said earlier, might be the first of a wave of interviews of guys that Monty has on his list. Guys Monty wants to interview, that he wants to expose Michael Bidwill to. Uh-huh. I think maybe maybe that's what this is. Yeah, and maybe. We, we'll get a closer look at Frank Reich later this hour. We're going to talk to Bob Kravitz, senior staff writer from The Athletic, who is all things Indianapolis sports. Uh-huh. We're going to get a closer look at the Brian Flores possibilities. OJ McDuffie, former Dolphins player, now a podcaster and postgame host. He's going to join us in the 8 o'clock hours. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Who yeah. will the Cardinals hire? Bob Cardinals Kravitz. Hire. Bob Kravitz with me on the memorable night when I got lost in Rio de Janeiro in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, I've told you that story. It'd be a good title for a book. Lost, Lost in, in Rio. Rio. Lost in Rio. Lost with Kravitz. Yeah. <laughs> no. In Rio. Uh, pick your level of Metallica. Single day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. Night one with Pantera is September 1st. Night two with Five Finger Death Punch is September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. Again, uh, those tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Coming up next, Suns getting healthy, but we're one day closer to the trade deadline and no resolution on Jay Crowder just yet. A couple of members of the Suns organization talked about it yesterday. We'll tell you what was said straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Pickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
No, he's going to get traded, guys. He's going to get traded. Um, uh, and, and I think even if Ishbia isn't 100% affirmed and approved, I think the Ishbia transition is already kind of starting happen. Um, it looks like he's going to complete the transaction. And the way that I know this is that Robert Sarver has allowed him to come in and meet with his people. And I think there's more meetings scheduled. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him at a Suns game soon. And that doesn't happen unless they think the transaction is going to close. Brian Winhorst, NBA insider, who joined us yesterday here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings on the Jay Crowder situation. And I had asked the question, you know, what's the possibility or how much of a failure would it be if the trade deadline passes and no Jay Crowder yeah. deal uh, and they would have to buy him out and he reassured, hey, he's getting traded. Uh, that remains to be seen. Now, James Jones has talked about, as the, the president of basketball operations and the architect of any future trade for Jay Crowder, he's talked about the difficulty of, of making a trade. He talked about that again mm-hmm. yesterday with Burns and Gambo, Bick. There are multiple reasons, but you can point to the, the parity in the league. You know, when you talk about the play-in game, 10 teams have a shot at the playoffs, or at least an opportunity to compete. And in the past, when you would have teams that were so far away, they started thinking about next year with all this parity. Um, you have guys that are out there playing to win, and every team wants to get into the playoffs. That's what we play for. So you, you have fewer teams in the transaction business that are truly just looking at it as asset accumulation or asset value uh, moves. You have teams thinking, if I'm trading a player, I want a player in return that can help me win or help me win differently. So it just makes it a, a struggle and a challenge, but... A bunch of different factors. Like, I think everyone's trying to win. I think there's a lot of truth uh, to what is said, and especially more so this year in terms of parity. You talk about the, the level of separation is not that great. Denver and Memphis are on hot streaks right mm-hmm. now, and they're atop the Western Conference, but from 3 to about 13 or 14, there's a lot of lumping yeah. in the standings right now. That well, does make it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and there was reports yesterday that Lucas kind of sounded the alarms in Dallas that you better bring me some help here, and, and Mark Cuban has vehemently denied that that's happening behind his closed doors. So there's a lot of drama in the NBA because there's there's that there's a lot of teams in the middle uh, of the pack and they're they're looking for an edge and they're looking for ways to get um, to where the Grizzlies are and, and to where the Nuggets are. Here's what I think about it. I, I think a couple things. I had been hearing questions from smart people about what is going on with this sale to Matt Ishbia. Is this thing getting held up? Are, are there problems that they have encountered? Shut what? up, Jared. Yeah, shut up, Jared. Are there problems? Shut up, Jared. <laughs> And, and and so I began to wonder, and, and I kind of sniffed around, and a smart person told me, look, a lot of times when guys come in and buy sports franchises, they've got a cadre of, of minority investors with them that they need to get to that number. Uh-huh. And when it comes time, when it's go time, when the major investor calls all his buddies and, they, and he says, all right, time to bring all your chips, get them in the table, there might be one or two guys who – don't quite have the money from the bank and and they when they have to get it they can't quite get it there's those kind of hang-ups so i was wondering is this happening is this thing getting derailed you may have been hearing some of these rumblings as well the number one takeaway from that interview with brian windhorst was a reassurance that okay this thing is tracking Mm -hmm. this thing is tracking And, and that to me that's more important than anything 
And so th- that's good news. And and the game that I think that we're talking about is that game, I think, on January 30th, where Matt Ishby has already um, donated a lot of money to buy tickets for underprivileged youth to attend that yeah, game. Yeah, through Bright Side of the Sun. Right, through yeah. Bright Side of the Sun. So if, if Matt Ishby a plan- did that, you would think he's going to be in the building. That's Jan 30th. That's a couple weeks away. Um, and, and so I, I, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, okay, this thing is back on track. And now that the thing is back on track suddenly we get this report that don't worry jay crowder's gonna be traded well don't worry it's gonna happen it was put in front of james jones yesterday too burns he asked the question am i safe to assume that jay crowder this situation will be resolved by the trade deadline on february 9th james that's the plan uh, I would also, James Jones yeah, answer listen, right there. <laughs> uh, again, and I do, th- I do think this, if there has, if there have been impediments in front of James Jones, nobody knows more about that than Matt Ishbia. Nobody. So the new owner will be very sympathetic to what James Jones hasn't done to this point. If there have been nothing in front of James Jones, I'm going to be very curious to see what his job security looks like, because we all know what James Jones has done for this organization, but that's yesterday. And pro sports is, what are you doing right now? Yeah. In fact, life is, what are you doing right now? Climbing to the top is hard. Staying at the top is harder. Um, and, and the Suns got to the very top of the league. They were up 2 nothing in the NBA Finals, for goodness sakes. And staying there can be difficult, especially when you're counting on the same cast of characters to keep you there. Mm-hmm. And now you factor in the injuries and, and we're seeing what's happening. I, I also found this interesting, too, because <clears throat> last week we talked about what Chris Haynes put out there on the Jay Crowder front. And Jay Crowder had actual quotes about being pushed to the, you know, out the door by the coaching staff and talking about how uh, he's talked to all of his teammates and his teammates are, are, are affected by this as well. And there was quotes in that same piece from Chris Haynes from, from Mikel Bridges. Um, and they weren't all that damning one way or the other, but Mikel Bridges was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday too. Uh, and he elaborated a little bit on the Jay Crowder situation and basically said that's between Jay and the team. I think it's probably more on that ninth end, you know, tough on him more just because he's, I know he wants to be playing and stuff like that. Um, obviously, like I said, like, yeah, I missed him, but, you know, they, you know, they, they, it's, they know what the, them two, they, they know the whole story. We're just kind of just out here, just kind of hearing things like the same things you guys are hearing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Is one of our leaders not here? And um, whatever situation they got going on, you know, it's the league, and you know, I can't explain it because I don't know what's going on. So I just know that he's not here, and and it's a business. So I just understand both parties probably whatever's going on. But um, yeah, I mean, he's one of our leaders that's not here, and you know, he's great player for us and everything he does on the court and off the court for us so um definitely a big missing piece are you buying that the suns players don't know what's going on no no are you no no to be clear is he is he here or is he not here (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't said 17 times (laughs) and uh, look i get and i'm not we're not making fun of mikhail bridges it's an uncomfortable situation because there's no information on why it got to the point that it did it this is no and if you're gonna piece it together it's between jay crowder and the coaching staff it's not between jay crowder and the general manager this that is 
been, it, J- that's Jake the Crowder, one thing that he made clear. That's what he made clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so again, it's it, when when you factor in the 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 vibe and the presence and the spirit of Monty Williams, that's what makes it even more baffling. Because mm-hmm. if you are talking about a hot headed and if you are talking about George Carl, or if you are talking about you, you, uh, you know, uh, t- Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be a different story. Yeah. But you're talking about Monty Williams. Yeah. The peacemaker. <laughs> In fact, I think he plays with Roger Klein's band. <laughs> hey <laughs> Coming up in June, we'll have Monty Williams on to uh, preview Circus, Circus Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have the dates for that? Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I probably go. could get it for you. Want to go? I want to go. Okay, yeah. All this right. is good. So if she's going, you got to go. You got to turn visit, Diddy. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there for one night, done that. <laughs> I was there for two. You participated were in bed for, the next for one. Night. Yeah. Uh, Suns and Nets tonight at the Footprint Center start of a five-game homestand for the Suns, who are three games under 500 as it begins. Coming up next, the big stories of the day. Sarah will push in uh, in front of us. It's the Rush Hour reboot, and it's straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour reboot. Rush Hour reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams. A very happy Thursday morning to all of you tuning in to the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Welcome. Great to have you here as we go through the top stories of the day. I am Sarah Cazell doing so with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. I like it. Oh, that's good. Oh, well done. There you go. You just found five more things you could drop. That's that's very well done. Thank I'm you. always on the lookout, Jared. I won't take that personally that you just said you don't care about me. And J- Jared, I didn't Vinny, say Sarah. Vinny, I don't care Vinny about Vinny you. Also, I just said Vinny Thursday. Takes his job home with him, Jared. <laughs> Jared, notice that. Well, I'm he not saying anything about you. I'm just saying he takes his job home with him. It's true. With all due respect to Jared, I carry a lot of crap around with me. <laughs> and Jared Carlin, Cam Johnson, Cam Cam Johnson. Johnson? <laughs> you added to that yeah, break. Well, that well played, well played, well Doctored played. Doctored audio. That was yes. a little bit, yeah. Cam Johnson. <laughs> Johnson? Indeed. He is back, folks. <laughs> Two and a half months away with a meniscus tear. He is back, albeit in a limited capacity, but he is back tonight as the Suns host the Brooklyn Nets at Footprint Center. James Jones, the Suns GM, said yesterday his conditioning is not where it needs to be. It's likely going to limit his time, but Cam Johnson told reporters yesterday he is excited to be that guy who can come in and provide a lift to the team. Very, very. Uh, I just think anybody who comes back can take some of that energy and life. And I've been out a little bit now, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to just getting back and doing what I do and the team getting back to winning games like we know we can. Okay, he said let's get back to winning games. But we do need to point out it could still be weeks before Devin Booker, campaign, and potentially Chris Paul are back. Here is James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. Um, I think those guys, um, different arcs, but we're probably talking weeks away. Um, but I do know um, tomorrow we have Cam back, so that's going to be big for us. All right, weeks away. I mean, it's January 19th. Time is kind of running out here. With all of that 
said, how much weight should Phoenix Suns fans put on Cam Johnson's return? Should we expect to turn around immediately, or is it still going to take some time for them to get back to I, I, th- I think it's going to help. I think it's going to sort of be proof that there are going to be pieces coming back to the team. I think they do need bodies. I think that um, he's capable of having moments in games, uh, but to but temper your temper your excitement about how much he can do all by himself. Yeah, there is that. Uh, there's the psychological aspect to it, the hurdles, the physical hurdles. We talked about his conditioning, but on, uh, on the whole, it's it's a good thing. Yesterday on our show, Mark Schlereth used the phrase: "There's two kinds of people in this world. There's people that energize a room by walking in, and there's people that energize a room by walking out." <laughs> Cam Johnson, yeah. Cam Johnson energizes a room by walking in. No question. And to get the shooting ability back, and and we've seen during his career when he comes back from lengthy uh, absences that it takes a little bit of time for him to get back. Now, uh, can that line up with the return of some other players later on? Yeah. Um, and this team needs some positive news, and they, they got some positive news. So Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. I, I, I ain't mad about it. No. Indeed. Always a good thing. Uh, another team that could use some positive news and a new head coach, the Arizona Cardinals. They are still searching. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported yesterday there's a new name in the mix. The Cardinals are going to interview Detroit Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn on Saturday. He's been the Lions defensive coordinator for the past two seasons. Uh, he was a defensive backs coach for the Saints before that and an assistant DB's coach for the Browns before that. Now, the Lions defense gave up the most yards per game in the NFL this year, 392.4 per game. And in 2021, they were fourth from the worst in the NFL. Uh-huh. How are you feeling about Aaron Glenn and just as a whole, this list, this current list of Cardinals coaching candidates? Are you are you are you whelmed? Are you underwhelmed? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, am I whelmed or underwhelmed? I don't know yet. I, I, I don't think I've got enough to uh, to to give an opinion here. I, I just hope that interviewing the the newbies, the inexperienced candidates, that it's nothing more than due diligence and fact finding missions. I hope that they have targeted an experienced head coach as a must when it comes to this upcoming hire. Yeah, I think the three defensive coordinators that they have on their list and Glenn Ivero and, and Ryan's it, it might be a little bit early for those guys and uh, it might be just a fact-finding mission. Okay. Um, you know, big hit on the possibility maybe Aaron Glenn is on Monty Ossenfort's list and that's why they're going through this process and you know, there's been the repeated use of the phrase cast a wet uh, a net a wet <laughs> cast a wet net far and wide. <laughs> Uh, and that might be part of what they're doing. Uh, you know, it's not the interviewing process for head coaches or assistant coaches is not all about who you hire. Mm-hmm. It's also about information you can get from other sources. So sure. maybe that's what's going on. Um, you know, whelmed I think is a good word to describe their their candidate <laughs> list right now. Whelmed. Because it's growing, but it's growing late in the process, and the reasons are clear for that. They wanted yeah. to get their general manager first. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, By the way, we are coming up next talking with Bob Kravitz of The Athletic, who covered Frank Reich with the Colts, one of the uh, candidates for the Cardinals. And then at 8.30 today, we've got O.J. McDuffie, uh, a former Miami Dolphin who now covers the team as a podcaster and radio host. He will talk about Brian Flores again at 8.30. So we're going to learn a little bit more. We're doing our own fact-finding mission here for the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Let's get to the final question of the Rush Hour reboot today. The Pac-12 put out its football schedule 
schedule for the 2023 season yesterday. So now ASU fans have a clear picture of what Kenny Dillingham's first season in Tempe, or at least back in Tempe, is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Eight home games for ASU, including the first four of the season, Southern Utah, Oklahoma State, Fresno State, and USC. Are there any games that you've got circled? Any dates you're intrigued by? The Oklahoma State game, obviously, is going to be a handful. Um, I, I, I think that I, I was really I was really interested when Vinny heard rumblings about Colorado angling to be that first opponent. Yeah. Uh-huh. And after seeing that wacky-ass tight ends coach of theirs, Jerry Brewster. <laughs> so crazy. Tim Brewster. Oh, him. Tim <laughs> Brewster. Yeah. Warren Brewster. Man. Brewster's millions. Funky Brewster. Funky <laughs> Brewster. So this guy, Tim Brewster, he was your drill sergeant. He was he was Sergeant Holka, is what he was. He was Colorado's big toe. He was. <laughs> he rolled into that room and it was, men, stand up, add attention. I want you standing tall. Yeah. Weird. Oh. Weirdness.com. Arlie Army. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, this is not the military. Right. Why are you not stomping Private Piles Gutson? <laughs> <laughs> Any Say from- it again, mayonnaise. <laughs> Any early, early, early ASU football uh, record predictions for 2023? No, but I am looking forward to August 31st. It's the first game under Kenny Dillingham. Yes, it's Southern Utah. They no, should but win. It's good. Yeah, you um, and yeah, I would really like to uh, get the last laugh on USC on September 23rd. Pac-12 opener in Tempe. Trojans on their way out, mm-hmm. headed to the Midwest, the glamorous Midwest. <laughs> what an awful fit, by the way. No. Finishing, uh, no, uh, the, uh, am I right in reading this? Aren't they, aren't they in Tucson this year? No. So the here. teacup? No. It's here. It's in Tempe. Yeah. So it was in Tucson this year? Yeah. yeah. That crazy back and forth game with all those points. Yeah. Why am I remembering that as okay, I'm sorry, I'm just having a complete Okay, so to You're me, thinking of the basketball game. Yeah, maybe that that's we were where at, I am. Yeah. yeah, so uh the the ending of the schedules would say going back to back Oregon, Arizona is pretty cool. That's big, yeah. Well, yeah. how about the last four games? At Utah, at UCLA versus Oregon yeah, versus that's Arizona. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's that's a rough month yeah. right there. Right, it is. Better stack wins early. Yep. Because it could get tough at the, at the last part of the that's season. That's what Arizona's schedule looked like last year. I I said to Vinny in the break, I said, can a 32-year-old dude actually be a great head coach in college football? Vinny's response was, we're going to find out. (laughs) Indeed we will. Stay tuned. This summer. This fall. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Sarah. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. As Sarah mentioned. (laughs) Ruthless. As Sarah mentioned, we will get a closer look at Cardinals head coach and candidate Frank Reich. Through the eyes of Bob Kravitz, senior staff writer for The Athletic. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cam Johnson. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 Yeah, Cardinals still looking for their next head coach to succeed. Cliff Kingsbury, a name on the list. 
very recent experience in Indianapolis, Frank Reich on their candidate list. Here to give us a closer look at uh, Frank Reich as a candidate for the Cardinals. Senior writer from The Athletic from Indianapolis, uh, Bob Kravitz, joins us here the on the great Arizona Sports Line. Bob Kravitz. I'm sorry, the great Bob the Kravitz. The great Bob Kravitz. What's up, Bob? Legendary, I would say. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> How's your goaltending skills these days, Bob? <laughs> My five hole has been declared a national park. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent line. Not good. That's an excellent line. All right, so uh, we called you for a couple of different reasons. Number one, can you give us your rundown, your scouting report on Frank Reich, who uh, might be in the running to be next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Sure, and just on your end, it's a little hard to hear you guys, so I don't know what you got it. You can mess with, but I'll uh, talk loud. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Frank Reich. I, I highly recommend Frank Reich. Uh, he got he got screwed here in Indy, big time. Um, now you know the team did struggle at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Um, but, you know, and there were some whispers that he wasn't holding certain people accountable. You know, he's he's not a uh, he's not a tough guy, as it were. He's not going to be a screamer and a yeller. But I'll tell you one thing he can do, and you need this in Arizona, is he can handle quarterbacks. He had, what, five quarterbacks in yeah. five years and did a phenomenal job with guys like Phillip Rivers, with Andrew Luck at the end. Um, you know, he even got, you know, he got as much as he could out of Carson Wentz. 27 touchdowns and seven uh, interceptions. So he is a quarterback whisperer, a very good offensive coach. Yeah, you mentioned it, Bob, that uh, you know he can handle quarterbacks. That's obviously going to be very important for the next coach of the Cardinals. But as you see it, or as you look at it right now, with what you know about Frank Reich and what you know about Kyler Murray, uh, would that be a partnership that would be ripe for, I don't know, differences uh, in what you've seen? No, I think it'd be a great, uh, a great combination. Now, you know, Frank has generally worked with quarterbacks who throw from the pocket. Mm-hmm. If you look at his, at his history, um, you know, not a lot of guys who do a lot of stuff off structure like Kyler does. Um, but I, I think, oh, look, I think Frank Reich could could uh, could make the, the switch over to dealing with a quarterback like Kyler. Um, He's got a great personal way about him. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be a good combination, and I, I, I feel I feel like Kyler Murray could, could take the next step in his progression working with Frank. Now, you know, last football season, we've had some issues with our ownership. There was that study clause in Kyler Murray's contract. There wasn't a lot of money spent on talent. We we started to question, you know, the Bidwill operation. But if you're talking owner weirdness, I think you guys have cornered the market in Indy. What, what has gone on with your franchise in the last couple of months? Well, for years, Jim Ursay has been a really good owner, and he's been involved without being meddlesome. But this year, I think he lost faith in his management team. I think he lost faith in Frank because Frank talked him into the Carson Wentz signing. And I think he lost his faith in Chris Ballard, and he decided that he, he only he could fix it, which is a really dangerous way to approach things. And 
He mandated the benching of Matt of Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger for crying out loud. <laughs> um, he fired Frank when he did it three five and one. You know, yeah, they were three five and one, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, who won the division, were three and seven. So you know, and Frank has a history of of comebacks, both as a player and as a coach. They were one and five one year here in Indy, and he got into the playoffs. So, yeah, Jim, you know, I think Jim is fine. You know, I think he's thinking clearly. He's just not thinking smartly. Bob Kravitz, senior writer for The Athletic, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You said something that really stood out when you, when you talked about uh, Jim Irsay and how he handled last season, and that was he felt like he was the only one that could fix it. Does that apply to this coaching search? Is, is he being heavily involved in, in how the coaching search is going in Indianapolis right now, Bob? Well, he claims that Chris Ballard is running the uh, running the, the you know the coaching search. That said. Once the search is done and the recommendations are in, does does Ursay listen to those recommendations, or does he just hire his good buddy Jeff Saturday? I'm telling you guys, if he hires Jeff Saturday, there will be pitchforks, and you know it, it'll it'll get really ugly here in Indy. As much as people love Jeff Saturday, they don't think he can coach. And they would be correct. <laughs> I read a story that um, that Josh McDaniels, and we you know better than anybody, but pulled out of the indie job. And people have been wondering why for a while now. There was a story that surfaced where Josh McDaniels said Jim Irsay came to their house, went to the bathroom, and tripped out Josh McDaniels' wife because he was in the bathroom for uh, in in inordinate amount of time. Now that sounds like something our producer yeah. would do. But what what was Jim Irsay doing in the bathroom that long, Bob? This, these are questions I would rather not uh, address. I have no earthly idea. Right. Someday off the radio, uh, Bick, I'll tell you about my first time that I met Jim, and it involved long trips, his long trips to the bathroom. But I have no earthly idea. Um yeah, I that, that I have not heard that story. Yeah, I just I just the saw it online this story. morning. The bathroom story. Wow. Yeah. The legend continues to grow. <laughs> uh, Bob Kravitz, our guest. But before we let you go, Bob, uh, in terms of you, you mentioned the Jeff Saturday possibility is still out there and how that would upset the the, the Colts fan base, and, and, and rightfully so. But is there anybody else that's emerging as a favorite in this whole process and where the Colts are right now? Well, I, you know, I heard that Raheem Morris uh, interviewed really well. He was very impressive. Um you know, I'm really interested in Dan Quinn as well. I like guys who've done it before, mm-hmm. who've made their mistakes, um, and, and are smarter uh, and more prepared for having gone through the process. So I'm hearing Raheem Morris. The only issue there is he's more of a defensive coach than an offensive coach, and you're going to rebuild this team with whoever you draft, the quarterback in, in the upcoming draft. So... Um, you know, I, I think that that may be something against. Same with Dan Quinn; he's a defensive guy. But those are the two guys that I'm. I, I've heard of, uh, or at least uh, Raheem interviewed well. I guess Quinn is today. Um, so, yeah, they've interviewed everybody but Mina Kimes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, I'd be 
I'd be in favor of Mina over Saturday. <laughs> Bob, thanks so much Thank for you, joining Bobby. us. Great stuff. Uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. All right. Sounds good, boys. Take care. Bob Kravitz, senior staff writer for The Athletic from Indianapolis, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. My five hole has been declared a national National park Park. is one of the funnier lines we've heard in a while. He's been one of those weekend warrior hockey players for as long as I've known him, and that's that's funny. (laughs) He's been declared a national park. (laughs) Coming up next, Bick kicks off the second half of the show with the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.